Treatise Monsters Though the word monster may invoke a singular terror, it is a general term encompassing a number of races diverse in appearance and behavior, ruled over by the overlord. The monsters of the past were fearsome abominations in the forms of enormous beasts, insects, and dragons that attacked and devoured humans. However, since the rise of the new overlord, the forms have shifted to resemble those of human females. Similarly, their behavior toward and relationships with humans have also changed drastically. This book contains illustrations of actual individuals among these new feminine monsters, as witnessed by the author, accompanied by descriptions and explanations of their character. Before plunging into the details of each race, however, let us explore the basics of these new creatures. Number 1. Nature The power of the succubus overlord, who now reigns over all monster kind, is vast and potent. With this heedy new authority, all monsters have taken on the form of exceedingly beautiful or endearing humanoid females. Even so, there is great diversity in their appearance. Indeed, while some look very much like humans, Others merge humanoid traits with those of other beings. For instance, some monsters have the upper body of a bewitchingly alluring woman, but the lower body of a snake, fish, or spider. Thus far in my extensive observations, all monsters are female. I have yet to spy any male monsters. Monsters rely on instinct far more than humans do. As such, they are extremely lustful and their thoughts and actions are true to their desires and appetites. There is no barrier between what they want and what they will have. Their physical and magical abilities tend to be superior to those of humans. Many have arcane abilities which humans lack. Intelligence varies greatly among the races, but all monsters have at least enough wit to use language and converse with humans. Monsters also exceed humans in lifespan. Some races may live only slightly longer than humans, while others live for thousands of years. That said, regardless of her years, a monster remains young and attractive in form, never showing signs of age. 2. Diet Before the current overlord, monsters had a taste for human flesh. However, the monsters of the present era instinctively abhor it and would never consider consuming it. Generally, these newer monsters follow one of two dietary patterns. The first diet is simple fare, such as fruits and vegetables, and the meat of animals. Adherents of the second, more common diet, due to the influence of the reigning succubus, feed upon the life force contained in human vessels, especially men. This force is known as essence. Monsters that feed on essence gather it through the semen and saliva their prey discharge during sexual intercourse. The monsters' bodies convert essence into nutrients and mana. Though monsters have a great hunger and need, this is not fatal to the men they hold captive. Finally, while this type of monster primarily feeds on essence, they are capable of drawing sustenance from ordinary food, although it is far less nourishing than essence. Conversely, even monsters that feed mostly on ordinary food are capable of absorbing essence as mana. To all monsters, the essence of human men is a fascinating and supreme delicacy, as sweet as figs and honey. 
3. Reproduction As previously mentioned, monsters are just as female as they appear to be. For this reason, they require human men in order to reproduce, as there are no males of their own species. Monsters are possessed of a powerful instinctive urge to conceive and bear the children of men who take their fancy. To them, this is one of their greatest, most incomparable joys. The act of mating with a man is a joy beyond all others. It is their most powerful and deep-rooted instinct. All observed children born to a human father and monster mother invariably turn out to be female monsters. In no known case has a child been a human or male. 4. Attacks on Humans As has been explained in the passages above, human men are essential to monsters, both as sources of sustenance and partners for reproduction. With such necessities in mind, it should come as no surprise that monsters are instinctually driven to attack, subdue, and copulate with men. They know the art of sex innately and grant men pleasure with great skill and ease. A man who mates once with a monster is likely to find himself helpless to her power, his essence wrung out as she makes him her slave. Indeed, if a monster fancies a man, she will not release him even after she has temporarily satiated her need. Instead, she will keep him by her side and exploit his essence forevermore. Enslaved men have no power to escape their monster's mistress. If a man is attacked by a monster, there is no hope for his return. Monsters lure men in with an array of compelling forces, from the allure of their beauty and magic, to physical strength and special abilities. Some attack directly, others seduce. Some use magic or pheromones to goad men into attacking them. Certain kinds of monsters serve men before inviting them to mate. There are countless ways monsters catch and mate with a man, and whether they be breathtaking or terrifying, all are irresistible. 5. Values The acquisition and carnal knowledge of men is the foremost motive and value of monsters, and thus naturally tends to dominate their thoughts, actions, and conversations amongst themselves. Monsters regard human men with unconditional favor, as men are necessary to them for both sustenance and reproduction. The idea of killing a man is anathema to them. However violent and sadistic a monster may be, it is hardly conceivable that one would voluntarily kill a human for any reason other than self-defense or protection of her husband. Monsters are less restrained when it comes to lust. They consider it a virtue to be wanton. All good monsters yearn for men and have no qualms against taking a man they fancy by force. Even if he abhors the idea of mating with a monster, a monster will use her sex and seduction, magic, drugs, and all manner of temptation to make him hers. As monsters themselves have powerful libidos, they encourage the human male libido, unlike human women who generally perceive it as a burden. Monsters rather delight in men's carnal passions, and often attack and mate with them in hopes of receiving the full force of their desire. 6. Relations with human men Monsters form unions of wife and husband just as humans do. 
as all monsters are female, the husband must be a human male. To monsters, marriage is more than a sentiment and a contract. When they take a strong liking to a man, their interest and lust for him increase, while their interest in other men decreases. They come to cherish his scent and the taste of his essence, and desire no other male. It is the instinct of a monster to perceive such a man as her husband. Despite her hedonism and overpowering sex drive, once a monster has decided on a husband, she is unwaveringly loyal and prizes him above herself. As for why such behavior should be exhibited, some scholars of monsters theorize that it is to prevent conflicts over prey with other monsters, or to more effectively charm a man and extract his essence in greater and more reliable quantities. However, there is also a theory that it is merely an imitation of the overlord's own instincts, reflected in the nature of her subjects that she has so changed. Perhaps for similar reasons, it is rare for monsters to attack a man who has been doused in the manner and scent of another monster. However, it is worth noting that there have been cases recorded in which a man loved by several monsters may be subjected to repeated bouts of sex, each round with another monster, or fervent orgies. Men in these situations are often the focus of the strong affections of multiple monsters, or have been taken by a race which practices polygamy by default. The nature of monsters in terms of human morality is an oft-contested subject among scholars. Doubtless there are some monsters that treat men as prey or as slaves, yet monsters are not humans and live by a different code. For them, prey and slave are synonymous with husband, and it is thought that regardless of the terminology, there is great love and affection behind their treatment of